3: Presented by Botano, Nick Alberga flying solo for another quick hitter summer edition of Leafs Morning Take. Jay Roseville is off somewhere enjoying some well-deserved time off. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube page at the Leafs Nation 401. You can also find us wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Leafs Morning Take. Pretty simple. Just wanted to check in. A big week ahead, especially in between the pipes in the crease. Uh, Ilya Samsonov has an arbitration hearing scheduled for Friday. We'll see if he gets there to talk about that and much more. NHL insider Dave Pignota, the fourth period series, XM NHL Network Radio, and the NHL Network is with me. What's up, Dave? How are you, buddy?
0: I'm good. I'm good. Enjoying the uh, the summer's weird here in Toronto. It's one day's nice, the next day it's not. I don't know. I don't know what's going on.
3: Yeah, kind of like the season, exactly. Then you and I went to a Zach <laughs> Brown concert on 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 Friday. Just uh, I'm yep. still recovering from that, quite frankly.
0: I'm. I mean, look, I'm not the biggest country guy, but I was proud that I knew like four of those songs. It was great. It was a great show.
3: If anybody has a chance to go catch a country concert, Budweiser stage in Toronto, it is phenomenal stuff. But we're here to talk about the Toronto Maple Leafs, my friend, and uh, a lot percolating, I think a month ago, I just had to find a way to get that word in there because, you know, it's my favorite word (laughs) of all time. Yep. Uh, but let's start with the goaltending situation as I teed up off the top here. Uh, Ilya Samsonov, his arbitration uh, case is, is set for Friday. There's no chance he actually gets there, right? He's going to sign something here.
0: I, I've got to imagine, um, you know, typically it, it, every season, it's rare that we get too many arbitration hearings actually get underway. And and the Leafs try to avoid that um, as, as much as they can. So I, I think, and I've got to imagine, that they want to come to a resolution well beforehand. So you got a bit of a deadline going into Friday, but that's going to kind of tee up their whole situation. Is it going to help them with some cap space you know, after the fact? Can they buy out Matt Murray um, once that window kind of opens for them? How does that all kind of get um, financially situated and how does it affect some other potential moves? So this is, you're right, this is um, in, in the middle of July, a pretty significant week for the Leafs.
3: It is. And again, everything stems around Matt Murray. The way I read this situation, I think we're at a point in the off season. I don't know who is taking that contract. We're headed towards a buyout. No, I got to think so.
0: I mean, if they had something cooking, they would have done it already. Um, you know, with respect to that, I mean, ideally you, you want to move them out and you want cap it to zero, but you got to pay for that. And clearly they're not willing to do that. And if that buyout does occur, they free up $4 million, Nick, this coming season. That's big. Next season, they get tacked on 2 point whatever it is, 1 six or 2.6. But the cap's going up. So they'll be able to kind of maneuver that a lot better. But right now, freeing up $4 million is huge for the Toronto Maple Leafs as they try to navigate their cap situation um, and, and are still looking to make other potential moves. So if they can make this happen, that's a big win for um, Jim Truliving. Brad, Brad, Brad Truliving, excuse me. Oh.
3: Jim Trelliving's kid. We do love Boston Pizza on this show. Sponsor (laughs) us if you see this or call us. Um, You know, there's so many routes we can go with this. Like, even Ilya Samsonov, like, what do you think that contract will look like? Because obviously, he had an unbelievable season, his first clear cut season as a number one, at least in the second half. Like, he's got got a lot going for him, but then, like, the sample size is is quite small, no?
0: I got to, yeah. And and I got to think you're looking at a short term type of deal type short-term situation maybe you look to Aiden Hill in Vegas and you go okay he came out of nowhere we had some inkling that Samsonov would be our guy so that money's going to have to be above that so you're looking at north of four million so that kind of evens out and offsets the buyout for Murray and you're kind of still at, at that same level but you need that buyout in order to give yourself that much more cushion within the salary cap especially in the off season, as Living tries to maneuver the rest of it. So I've got to imagine you're looking at short term bridge type of deal, but you're, you're looking at 4 million plus is my guess for Samsonov.
3: Yeah. And that's my one or two. And we know it's a copycat league. Like I always like to compare and contrast and look what the Los Angeles Kings are doing in between the pipes going into next season with Cam Talbot and Phoenix Copley. And again, it is a copycat league. You look at Aiden Hill and I get that. We're not really, we're not trying to, it's tough. I mean, we're, we're not trying to draw comparables for sure. But I think when you look at Ilya Samsonov, the sample size was there, had a really, really good season. But my next question sort of lies with, with Joseph wall. Of course, we love him. We had him on this show. Like, I, I just think they have to be very, very careful in this situation. He's got 11 games of NHL experience, and to suggest that it's going to be seamless, nothing's going to transpire along the way, I just think would be naive in thinking yeah. that way. And that's why I wasn't shocked that they were linked to a guy like Brian Elliott last week, right?
0: Right. And, and uh, you know, I think, you know, going into this, you have to proceed with a little bit of caution because it, it's Samsonov's net, and you don't want to give – I mean, first of all, you don't want to overwork him. So you've got to give you you've got to look at what 20 30 games for the backup yeah. most likely can he sustain that can he keep um up his performance over that span not in a starters net in the a but now as a backup role in the nhl where you're playing every five games like it it, it, it can you can your flow continue can you work within that and and keep your competitive level at that at the same kind of tier as some of the veteran backups out there so i, I certainly understand why well, you might want to look at some of your potential options, but again, there's not really much they can do until they start to free up their their dollars. And I, I liked what I saw from Wall. I think a lot of people did, and and I think he has that capability. Um, but it's the first time he's going through that, so they're they're gonna It's going to be a learning curve, and if the guy gets shelled in his first outing or the second outing because of the the break, don't bang all over him. Like give him some time uh, to adjust because it's it's not easy.
3: No, we, we already have the content created for when he gets shelled in his first start and we're, we're going to go viral with that. Um, of course, has,
0: trade them, get rid of them, trade exactly. everybody,
3: fire this guy, fire that guy. That's four different videos over four different days. Di- I think it's phenomenal here in this era of digital, uh, di- digital broadcasting. Has your opinion changed Dave when it comes to goaltending? Like we just talked about Aiden Hill and we, we talked about the Los Angeles Kings, you go out and get PLD and taking nothing away from like Talbot and and phoenix copley but has your perception or your mind changed when it comes to goaltending and if you need that premier stud guy like a vasilevsky or or a hellebuck
0: honestly it depends on the makeup of your team um if you have and and i'm gonna keep tampa out of it because that's just that's an anomaly they're freaking way too good um but if if you're rolling with a top tier elite goaltender then you can afford to um reduce the talent levels in other areas of your roster. So your decor doesn't necessarily have to be the best in the league. When you've got one of the best goaltenders in the league, you have to have good pieces, you don't have to have the best pieces out there because you've got that stable um, cushion in net. you look at Chesterkin with the Rangers, Sorokin with the Islanders, they've got a sound decor, but it doesn't have to be the best in the league, their system complements the goaltending and it works in the other way, if you're loaded and we'll talk about Vegas. If you've got one of the best decors in the league and you've got one of the deepest forward groups in in the game and they can contribute off uh, defensively as well and help out William Carlson being one of them, um, then you can afford to get away with not having a premier elite goalie. So it really just depends on your talent level and really the system that's in place. Can it offset the fact that you don't have a Vesna winning goalie in that? And I'm going to steal this line from Dennis Bernstein because he's used it a lot. And, and I love it, especially down the stretch. And going into the playoffs, you don't need a great goaltender. You need great goaltending. So if your guy is hot at the right time and the other guys on your team are bailing them out because that's their job and you're stacked and you've got the capability of doing it, you'll be fine.
3: And I suppose when you're Toronto, like I think it's so important to bring this up and I bring this up every postseason, it hasn't been about the goaltending the last couple of years, it's been about their inability to score goals when it matters most. And I talk about a yeah. copycat league, man, like. I know right away I did it. A lot of people in this market have been drawing comparisons to what the Florida Panthers did last offseason. You look, conversely, what the Leafs have done here. Do you subscribe to that? Like, they, they've they obviously got a bit grittier, and I think you look at the composition of that roster. You could argue they're they're tougher to play against in the playoffs.
0: You need the mix. Uh, you can't go overboard in talent. You can't go overboard in grittiness and physicality. You've got to find the right blend. You've got to marry the two properly. and. And it works. Like again, the the go back to Vegas, and this goes back for me for the LA Kings in twelve and fourteen. Look at their top line: Dustin Brown goes into the corners, gets dirty, gets the puck. Anje Kopitar sets it up, and Justin Williams finishes. Barbashev did the same thing as Brown. Eichel did the same thing as Kopi, and Marcia Sozier really? finisher like Williams. So, yeah. if, if from a top line perspective you have to have a balance you've got to have a mix and that goes throughout the rest of the lineup too you don't have to have every line doing the same thing because every line is going to adjust and you're going to have different responsibilities but your primary offensive unit you've got to have that blend so to be able to mix that up works well and we saw it again with with vegas capturing the stanley cup now toronto now is it going to be bertuzzi is he going to be the guy that's going to be a little dirtier and grittier And, and look brownie put up a ton of points and he was, I think, second in, in the Con Smythe in that first um, yeah. that first year. So, and Bertuzzi can put up the numbers, too. But you need him to be the, the physical guy on that line. You need Austin Matthews or Mitch Marner to be the setup guy, and the other guy is going to finish. So probably Mitch is the setup guy, which is different a little bit because he's the winger versus the center. And you've got Austin that's going to finish. Either way, you need to have that trifecta to really make things work from a first line perspective. And then it just spreads out the rest of the year
2: and Airbnb, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
3: The, the group. You know what, for me, like it's not as big of a story because I think wherever this team goes, it's gonna be ignited by those core four guys. Like those are your paid players. Those are your superstars. If they're, they're gonna drag you to victory one way or another, but the, the complementary pieces are important. But like that's the yeah. curious thing to me is that like brad well, has come in here dave and like i mean they're going they're, they're running it back with the core four right which uh,
0: if you have the right complementary pieces in place i've got no problem with it yeah but you you need to have those guys contributing in in the fashion in which they're supposed to contribute so you're going to need bertuzzi to be more physical you're going to need domi to throw things around all over the place you're going to need ryan reeves to do what he does best and the other thing about revo and, and i know you you know you've talked to him as well like it's not just what he brings on the ice that's important for this group. It's what he brings off it. This is a glue guy. This is a guy that's, A, going to keep this team together and also, B, put guys in, in their place if they need it. So I think that was a fantastic add. Three years, hey, good for you. God bless. But this is what this is what this team had lacked. And you add that in. And then you look at the decor. You bring in Klingberg. You get another offensive weapon who wants to prove himself, took less money to be on a better team, better environment, to prove that he is that offensive weapon again. Um, I like the ads that they've made and they've got to all work. You're right. It's going to be led by the main four guys, but you have to have the right complimentary pieces in place. I think they've got that.
3: The key word for me is accountability every year. And you know, I cover this team pretty closely as the, the, the uh, the game host. And I, I just couldn't yeah. believe it. It was like, oh, another parade, uh, press conference two days after we're cleaning out our lockers. We want this <sighs> badly. It's like, oh my God, it's a broken record. So. I, I, just, so I, I think you're right. I think especially a guy like Ryan Reeves, you bring him into the mix and you know, people like to, to, to poke back at the previous admin, administration. Well, last time I checked that didn't work either. Right. So I think you have to give Brad tree living the benefit of the doubt. I wanted to ask obviously about the two big situations that everybody's yeah. talking about Matthews and Nylander, any update on either front right now? Not particularly. Uh, Matthews is on vacation right now, overseas. He's nice. chilling out. He's having a good time.
0: Um, and he's kind of waiting. And and I and I think speaking to a lot of people around that situation, um, I don't think there's any concern from either side that they're gonna get a deal done. They will get a deal done. Austin Matthews will sign an extension with the Leafs three years or five years, I guess four, maybe, but it's gonna be three or five is is yeah. what I'm betting on. And it's gonna range from 13 to 14 million in that neighborhood. He will become the highest paid player in the league from an AAV perspective just depends on how high that goes. And is it going to be five years? You're probably looking at closer to 14. The Leafs understand that they know that their focus needs to be should be and has to be William Nylander right now. Bridge that gap, figure that out. Maybe and everyone's on a bit of a breather right now. And yes, this coming week, they got to focus <laughs> on it. other elements. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but they need to, they need to focus on on Willie right now and, and try to get him done him signing. Or excuse me, Austin Matthews signing before William Nylander doesn't help the Leafs at all, because now Willie's going to turn and go, well, if he's getting 13-7 or 13-5 or 14 or whatever it is, I'm asking for 10 and I put up 40 goals. I was more productive than Austin Matthews last season. And then they're going to turn around and say, yes, great. But Alex DeBrinkett got, you know, 7.785. All right, well, Sebastian Ajo is about to get around nine and a half. So you've got to find a happy medium here. And that's what the Leafs need to prioritize at the moment is trying to get William Nylander locked in. They're going to get Austin signed. There's no concern there, but you got to get William Nylander signed. And it has to be really beforehand, quite frankly. And if, and and at the same time, you don't want this circus going into training camp. You don't want this going into the season. You're hosting all-star weekend. You got to get these done. And if you can't, Then you got to be straight up with everybody, and that especially includes the fans. We tried. We're going to wait till later. We're going to play out the season and compete for a Stanley Cup, and we'll deal with that afterwards. We don't want there to be distractions. We've got a job to do. That that needs to be the message if you can't get a deal done by the start of the season.
3: Because for all these people out there with trade rumors, like now's not the time where you trade Nylander. Like nobody has money left. Your, their select company right. can actually make a deal right now. The time was before the draft. So I think at that point, yep. for me, it was them signaling, you know, we're ready to do whatever here. If it's got to be another year with Nylander not signed, that is what it is.
0: And they've done their due diligence. They've looked around. And I yep. think that's what's kind of s- created the, the speculation with San Jose. And all that stuff. That's not gonna happen. But um <laughs> we'll speculation see
3: with San Jose. What? Uh
0: maybe. Yeah, they like Carlson, but they're <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um so it, it is it possible? Can a team turn around and say, you know what, fine, we're gonna do this? Sure, because who the hell saw the Kachuk trade happen True. when it did? You know, so and that was in July. Season ended a little later. I was why would that happen? I was I think I was too. <laughs> and then I think I was at a festival or something anyway, so yeah, yeah, so like that it's possible to see that happen again um, because one phone call changes everything but Mm -hmm. realistically as you pointed out this has to work and it's it's tough out there Um, so I I think there's there's a pathway to getting there just both sides need to kind of just take a step back regroup and, and get to it and that may not happen until August.
3: I just can't pretend to have a read on it. The only thing I will say, knowing what we know about Nylander, his father, his dad played for, what, 27 NHL teams? It felt at least like, that, that was a joke. You can laugh. He, I think he played yeah. for like 10 or 11. But Michael, knowing yes. what I know about the last time that they played hardball with Lou Lamarilla out of all GMs in the league tells me all I need to know that he's got a number in mind. He's getting his number from the Leafs or he's not getting his number from the Leafs. Like, I don't think it has to be a drawn-out situation. And maybe it's different. And maybe Willie's like, you know what? I want to win with these guys. I've been here forever. Um, I love what we're doing here, but I, I just don't see it playing out. It's up a combo. Way. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It, Yeah. It's, it's, I love being here. And the same with Austin Matthews. I love being here. I'll take a little bit less. Yeah. But I'm not signing for 12 million. Yeah. And, and same with William Nylander. I, I love it here. I genuinely do. I want to stay. I'm not signing for 8 million. It has to be a competitive balance on both sides. And I don't blame him whatsoever. Austin will get his money. Willie wants his. And will he take a little bit less? I I think yes. Um, But is it does the less mean nine and a half or nine and a quarter or nine? Like the Leafs are trying to get it as close to nine as possible. That's going to be difficult.
3: Yeah, I get Brandon Pritham's wicked at this job, but in a cap world, I know the cap's going up. I just do not know how they continue to go along like this for the next two, three, four years. And I get it. Some of these contracts are expiring. Next conversation we're gonna have next summer is about Mitch Marner, right? Like it just uh it just continues. I think Marner's eligible eligible for an extension next summer, right? Or is yep. it two from now?
0: No, he's got two years left. So it's yeah, it's, this this time next year is what we'll be what we'll be talking about and everybody will be yeah. crying about.
3: It's a tap dance. Right. And I just, I just think it's so interesting and I I don't see a resolution. And again, you're right. Like there, there, it doesn't benefit Toronto to sign Matthews first, but like, you know, Nylander going to say, you know what you sign. Like, I don't see it playing out that way though. No.
0: And, and look, the guys talk all the time.
3: Yeah. So, Hey, how, how, how are your talks
0: going? Eh, They're okay. What about you? Nothing's going on. All (laughs) right. So we'll talk later. Let's grab a beer like that, like this kind of stuff. Like they communicate and they go back and forth and, and they want to because they want to know too like I, i'm sure mm-hmm. um the future of william nylander is in some way going to impact austin matthew's de- determination as to how long he's going to be here and if he signs a three-year and willie's gone like if i'm mitch i'm going the hell's
3: well oh, fuck, i'm not signing a. a yeah. oh sorry i don't know you if can, i could you can swear yes this is oh i can't okay
0: you're good bud. sorry fuck I don't know. Yeah. all right you're
3: yeah. <laughs> okay, perfect.
0: <laughs> um. Anyway, whatever. So if I'm Mitch, I'm going, I'm, yeah, like, fuck, I, I, I want to know what my future is like, too. So I, I is this team going to be around? Or is our competitive window going to be open for the next five, six years? Or is it a two, three year window? Yeah, Like th- all of these affect what's going to happen. These two deals will affect what Mitch Marner's decision is going to be. And so the Leafs have to take that into consideration as well. And if he puts up another hundred point season or close to it. And Nylander's getting 10 million and Austin's getting 14. 15 for Mitch.
3: Oh, I don't even want to start the conversation. I don't even want to think about next summer yet, but it just I'm it's just, just... a hundred
0: if he puts up a hundred points next this coming. Yeah, you're season, right.
3: You're right. Like the cap's going I, up too. Look at like, and I, I hate to compare it to the NBA, but Freddie Van Vliet. Like, there's your example. Like players get paid, right? Do it.
0: And, yeah. and all the power to them. If, if these guys are willing to pay
3: you the money, take it. Fuck, when do we get paid? That's my question. Anyways, um, <laughs> last one for you. I think they've been linked to a defenseman here for the last sort of while. We've been trying to draw comparables on this show. Like, Calgary makes so much sense, but you wonder if they're willing to trade with the Leafs right now. What's the likelihood they add a blue liner be- before summer's out here?
0: Well, they'd like to. They'd like to add a responsible guy because um, they added the offensive unit in, in Klingberg. Um, I want to clear something up, too, because I've been seeing Pesci all over the place. Brett Pesci in Carolina would be a perfect fit in Toronto. He's exactly what they need, the type of defenseman they need. He has a 15-team trade list. Toronto's not on that list. So if you want Brett Pesci, I'm sure they can go to him and say, hey, and this is another guy with one year. We'd like to sign you to an extension. Would you come here? Let's hammer that out. That might change things. But as of now, Toronto is not one of the teams on Brett Pesci's trade list. Um, so you gotta either convince him or, and first of all, get permission to do that because you, you need that in order to talk to his reps. Um, or you look elsewhere. Noah Hannafin. I, I know there's ties there. Nikita Zadorov, more physical and defensive minded. Um, those are the two guys in Calgary that they're looking to move. I mean, Chris Tanev's out there too. He'd be a great fit here okay. as well, but that would be that would you know that again, all of these guys are costly. um, and they all are in the final year of their deal. So you're gonna have to get a little bit creative and trying to add. But if they do add, you want a defensive, responsible type of player um, to add to this group. And that also, by the way, likely means someone else has to go. It might explain why TJ Brody's name's been out there the last few weeks.
3: That's true. That's true. Lots of moving parts in this market. There's no doubt about that. Dave, appreciate this. You got it, buddy. I'm Nick Alberga. Thanks so much for watching at the Leafs Nation 401, where you could subscribe. Take care.